Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Thanks, worship team. You're dismissed. I was going to leave you there for the whole sermon. Just thought something different, you know. Ephesians chapter 1, I want to read from verse 15. Reading from verse 15, the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 1, reading from verse 15. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. This is Paul praying for the Ephesian church. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's a great prayer to pray. Lord, would you give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the capacity to see what cannot be seen with the natural eyes and understand with the natural mind so that you may know him better. Pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. We're going to stop it right there. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. And I thank you for the privilege of being able to know you and worship you and to be able to dive into your word. I thank you that your word is anointed. And I thank you that every time we open up the scriptures, you help us to see things we can't see. And you speak to us at the deepest level that this word that is over thousands of years old is is a living word and has the capacity to speak into our lives even today in the circumstances and situations that we're facing today. How powerful is that, Lord God? Speak to us today, I pray. Let there be nothing in me that hinders this word. Um, Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation even as I speak and as we hear. Be glorified today, I pray. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Be glorified, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So last week I spoke on the subject of the miracle of seeing. And today I want to speak about the same subject. It's kind of going to sound like the same sermon, but it's actually uh, taken from a completely different uh, perspective. I want to speak about those times in our life where we can't see where we can see with our natural eyes, but we can't see with the eyes of our heart, Uh, where we're going through stuff and we say things like this to ourselves, I can't see how I'm going to get through this. I I, I can't see a way through this particular situation. It's in those times that we need the touch of God to open our eyes. It's in those times where we, we need God to speak to us, where we need God to touch us so that we're able to see what cannot be seen. We need to, Christ to stop as he did um, often in the, in the Gospels and, and heal those with blinded eyes. And we looked at quite a number of examples of this last week um, in, in the message last week. The good news is that the God that we serve is a God who can open blind eyes. Isaiah says, and I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things that I will do. I will not forsake them. That's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord to you and to me today that God is saying, I'm going to, for those that are struggling to see, I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. 
and I'm going to direct your path, and I'm never going to forsake you. Last week, we said that there are different kinds of blindness. There's physical blindness, and that, that's, that would be a, a difficult uh, thing to actually have, physical blindness, but more than physical blindness, we can have emotional blindness. We can see with our eyes, but we can't see. And then, of course, there's, to me, which is the, probably the worst kind of blindness at all, it, it's, it's spiritual blindness. Paul understood the power of spiritual blindness, which is why he prays for the church. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. He's praying for the church. And one of the things he's saying, I pray that your eyes would be able to see in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance. I pray that your eyes may be opened so that you may see, because I believe that there were people in the church whose eyes were closed and they, could, they couldn't see. They didn't know who God really was. And he says, I pray that your eyes would see so that you may know the incredibly great power, that you would see things that cannot be seen in the natural realm. Um, you know, we live in a natural world, but there is also a spiritual world. And we can either live with a natural world mindset, but what happens when we give our life to Jesus Christ, suddenly we, our eyes are open and we're able to see what's happening in the spiritual realm. And what's happening in the spiritual realm often is, is much more important and much more significant. Often we can be having challenges in our marriage, in our family, and, and, and at work, and so on, and we can kind of think, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do the other things. But actually, the battle is actually a spiritual battle, and it's going to be won in the spiritual realm. Paul says to the Ephesians, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities that are, that are in, in, in this dark world. Your battle is not against your spouse. And I know you think that they're the enemy and your, your children or, or the boss at work, you know, that we think, oh, they're, they're the problem. And, and often what, 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 what the Bible is saying is that they're not the problem. There's another battle going on. It's a battle in the spiritual realm. And often when we're facing those things, rather than tackle them in the natural realm, the greatest thing that we can do is, is start to tackle them in the spiritual realm. And as we do, as we do battle in the spiritual realm, then we win in that realm, then suddenly the natural is, re is released. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound and in heaven and so on and so on. And, 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 and that's an important thing. Paul prays for the church because he knew that only God could open their eyes. I, I pray that we would be a church that would be spiritually sensitive. I pray that we would be a church that we tuned in to the spiritual realm and not just interpret our lives from a natural perspective. One of the reasons why Jesus came was to open blind eyes. Bible says in John, I just read this last night, I've, I've not seen the scripture, but I just read it last night, I'm going through the gospels, and, and, this, and this is what the Bible says, then Jesus said, John 9 chapter 39, it says this, this is not, not going to be on the screen, then, John, then Jesus said, I entered this world to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind, what an interesting scripture, I, I, Jesus said, I've entered the world to give sight to the blind, for those that can't see, and he's speaking about the spiritual realm here. He's not necessarily speaking about the physical, although he did heal many, uh, uh, those of physical blindness. We looked at that last week. But, but this is actually speaking about the spiritual. I've come to give sight to the blind um, and to show those who think they are, that, they, that they see that they're actually blind. 
And I just pray that God would open our eyes today. There are some of you here today, some of us here today, who need a touch from God to help us to see. And this morning, what we're going to do is going to look at a few stories in the Bible where God opened people's eyes. My prayer is that as we look at these stories, that God would open the eyes of our heart so that we could see the circumstances that we're, we're going through right now. So that, so that instead of interpreting our circumstances in the natural realm, we would actually, our eyes would be open so that we would see our circumstances, not from our own perspective, but from God's perspective. And as we do, allow God to actually move in our hearts and lives. First time we need God to open our eyes is when we lose hope. When we've lost hope. There are times in our life where we're faced with situations, doesn't seem like there's a lot of hope. All we see is the problems, the obstacles, the challenges. It's in those times we need our eyes open so that we can see solutions that we can't see with our natural eyes. Story in, in the Bible, Genesis 21, that describes this, story, this, this particular thought. It's the story of, of Sarah and, and Hagar. You know the story. God promised Abram that he would be the father of a great nation, the nation of Israel. Only problem was Abraham and Sarah, just a little problem. They're getting old and they didn't have any children. Small problem, nothing great. So Sarah says to Abraham, I know, I got a great idea. Why don't you have a child with my servant Hagar? Well, uh, uh, that way there the promise can be fulfilled. Well, uh, Abraham thinks about it, thinks it's not a bad plan. And he agrees and Hagar gets pregnant with Abraham's child. We know the story. It's important to understand that this was not God's plan at all. This was, this was a human plan. This was a human solution to a spiritual problem. Whenever we apply a human uh, 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 solution to a spiritual problem, it's trouble. It spells trouble. Whenever we short circuit the plans of God, whenever we, tr anybody ever tried to help God out? Come on, help me out here. Anybody ever tried, God, leave this one to me. I, I know you're busy. Leave this, I'll sort this one out myself. How many people know when we do that, we get into all kinds of trouble? It's trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. David says, do not fret. It only leads to evil. Man, it's so hard to just be still. When everything inside of you is saying, move, let's move, let's take some action, let's do something, it's so hard to just still be still and wait on the Lord. Hagar has a little boy and calls him Ishmael. Abraham says, finally, the promise has arrived. And God says, uh-uh, he's not the promise at all. God says, I will bless Ishmael, but he is not the promise. And then later, Sarah miraculously gets pregnant, and we know the story, and she has a son and calls him Isaac. So the two boys are growing up, and Sarah becomes jealous of Hagar. Uh, one day, she sees Ishmael mocking Isaac, so she says to Abraham, send her away, get her out of here. And she's also concerned that Ishmael and, and, uh, is going to kind of get the inheritance. I mean, these problems don't happen in our generation, but back then, they were fighting about the inheritance already. Can you, can you believe that? So Abraham's distressed, and God reassures him and says, do whatever Sarah tells you to do. Bible says, early the next morning, Abraham took some food and skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on his shoulders and then sent her off uh, with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert uh, of Bathsheba. When the food and the water ran out, the Bible says Hagar put her son near a bush. She said, I can't bear to watch him die. 
And she goes and sits under a tree. And the Bible says, and she sat there nearby and she began to sob and she began to cry. Anyone ever been there? Anyone ever wandered in a desert and there doesn't seem to be uh, any way through that desert and you kind of just, just sit on the side and, and just begin to sob because you just can't see an answer in that situation. For Hagar, there was no food, no water, and she sits there sobbing, waiting to die. Bible says God heard the boy crying. And, the, and it's beautiful. God heard the boy crying. God always hears. We think he's silent, but he hears. We think he can't hear, but he hears. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying. Lift the boy up and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. And Ishmael has become a great nation. He's the father of the Arab nations. We know that. Verse 19, listen carefully, Genesis 21, 19, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well. It's interesting because the well was always there, but she couldn't see the well that was there. I mean, it was actually right there, but she couldn't see it until God opened her eyes. When God opened her eyes, she saw the well. There are times in our life where we've exhausted, we think we've exhausted everything. No solution, no way out, may as well give up. It's in those times, we need God to open up our eyes. It's in those times we need God to help us to see what we cannot see in the natural eyes. Bible says, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing something new. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. God is saying, just forget the former things. Stop dwelling on the past. See, open your eyes. See, I'm doing something new. I'm making a way where there doesn't seem to be one. I don't know what challenges you're facing right now. But some of you might be saying, I, I, I can't see a way out of this. It just looks like one dead end after another. I just can't see a solution to this whole situation. What we need is God to open the eyes of our heart. We need him to open your, our spiritual eyes so we can see what cannot be seen in the natural eyes. Because sometimes there's a solution right under our, our nose, <clears throat> and uh, it's right there in front of us. I mean, it's there. We've already considered these options, and, and, but we've dismissed it. And the answer or the healing for, for, our, for our lives is actually in our hands. But we've dismissed it for some reason. And what we need is God to open up our eyes so that we can see. What, what's, what's right there? We've, got to, we've worked ourselves into a problem where we, where we just, we just where I forget it, there's no hope, where, there's, where the solution is actually in our hands. But we can't see it. But it's as we cry out to God, as we begin to seek after God, as, as we begin to seek God, as we begin to speak to God, as we begin to worship God, as we begin to go into His presence and say, God, you can see this thing that I'm facing. I've got no idea. I'm in a desert. I, I just, I feel like I'm going to die. It's in those situations that God opens our eyes. 
helps us to see things that will see us through. Second time we need our eyes open is when we can't move forward. There are times in our life where we have dreams, ideas, goals, plans, but it seems that everywhere we turn, there seems to be a dead end. There seems to be a blockage. Seems like there are these glass ceilings, invisible barriers that stop us from moving forward. There are times when we, um, when we struggle because we're not in the will of God. That's, that's, that's a different thing. Um, and, and, and sometimes those barriers or those blockages we have is simply God just trying to protect us and saying, don't go in this direction. I've got something better for you. But there are times where we are in the will of God. We're obeying God. We're doing exactly what we think he wants us to do, but we're pushing against the wall. It's in those times we need our spiritual eyes to be open. Story in the Bible that speaks about this is found in Numbers 22. It's the story of two men, a king named Balak, and a dodgy prophet named Balaam. Beautiful names. King Balak could see how God was blessing the people of Israel, and he didn't like it. So he sends a delegation to get Balaam, dodgy prophet, and to have him put a curse on the people of Israel. When uh, they get to Balaam, he says, uh, let me inquire of God. So God says to him, you can't go with these people. The people of Israel are blessed. You can't put a curse on them. Uh, Balaam goes back to this delegation and says to them, listen, I, I, cannot, I cannot curse what God has blessed. I, I cannot curse what God, I cannot put a curse. If God has blessed them, there's nothing I can do to help you here. That's why we need the blessing of God more than anything else. That's why we need the favor of God more than anything else. That's why we need the presence of God more than anything else. If God is for us, who can be against us? Balaam gives them the answer and they go home. King Balak doesn't give up. He sends another delegation, offers more money. Balaam says to them, can I only do what God tells me to do? Stay here, I'll go back and inquire of God. This time God says to him, go with them, but only say what I tell you to say. Pick up the story in Numbers 22 and verse 21. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it, so he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was very angry, and he beat her with his staff. And then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? The donkey began to speak. Now, I know there are some of you people here today that don't think donkeys speak. You obviously haven't seen Shrek, because if you saw Shrek, you would know that donkeys actually talk. Hmm. So Balaam answered the donkey, I don't know what the miracle is here. I don't know if the miracle is uh, the donkey speaking or Balaam answered the donkey. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just... I, uh, he, Balad answered, Balaam answered the donkey, you've made a fool of me. I had a sword in my hand. I would kill, if I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, 
Am I not your donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. I think that's what Theodore would say to me, uh, the dog. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the sword drawn. And so he bowed low and fell face down. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I've sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with the princes of Balaam. Many times in our own life, we have plans that don't seem to be working out. Try to go this way and there's a blockage. You try to go another way and there's another blockage. And you're getting mad at everybody else. You're getting mad at, at the spouse. You're getting mad at the kids. You're getting mad at everybody around you. When you're struggling and you don't understand why you have, you have, we got one or two choices. Get mad at everyone around you or pray and ask God to open our eyes so we can see the situations that we are in. There are times where God will block our path for our own good. And often we think it's the devil and often we think it's this or we think it's people that are coming against us. We think it's situations that are, that are, that are you know, kind of working against us when actually God is there, he's actually fully involved in whatever it is that we're, we're, in, we're in at that particular time. And the greatest thing that we can, we, can, we can have in those particular times is that our eyes would be open so that we can see what God is actually doing. Oftentimes when I've gone through some challenging situations uh, and it's just, it just one challenge after another and it's it just not making any sense and I'm trying this and trying that and everything everything's not, doesn't seem to be working out. One of the things I've done is gone into the presence of God and said, God, would you help me to see this situation from your perspective? Because nothing I'm going through right now is shocking to you. Nothing I'm going through right now is a surprise to you, Lord God. Would you lead me to the place that is higher than I, so that I can see this from your perspective? Lord God, how we need this in these times that we're living in right now. You know, uh, this whole COVID, 18 months and, and vaccines and no vaccines and whatever, whatever, whatever's happening right now. How we need to pray, Lord, would you help me to see what's going on here? Because something else is going on, Lord God. I can't see what's going on right now, but I know that you can. Would you help me to see this from your perspective? I believe more than ever, we need the wisdom of God to navigate this. We need this, you know, we certainly need it as a nation. We certainly need it as a church, but we also need it as individuals. How do we navigate all of this? Lord, help me to see this situation from your perspective, to hear the voice of the Spirit in amongst all of the voices that are around us. The Bible says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. And I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I love that scripture. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and I will watch over you. I will, I will, um, I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Beautiful scripture. So we pray, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Third time we need our eyes opened is when we're under attack. All of us will go through times in our life when we feel like we're under attack, we feel weak and vulnerable. We can be in a battle that involves our health, our mind, our heart. It can be the circumstances in life. It doesn't necessarily need to be with people. And we can certainly be under attack spiritually. When we're facing the battle, we can feel like we don't have the strength to face this situation in our lives. It's in those times we need the touch of God to help us to see what cannot be seen in the natural. 
story in 2 Kings that speaks about this. It's Elijah and the Arameans, the nation of Aram, uh, was always at war with Israel. The problem is the Israelites had a secret weapon. God would tell Elijah and Aram, uh, what Aram was about to do. So Elijah would go to the king of Israel and, uh, and tell them what God had told them, and they'd prepare, and they'd always be one step ahead of the enemy. King of Aram was ticked off, upset. So he sends an army to deal with Elijah. We pick up the story in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Here's what it says. It says, Time and again Elijah warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. That is the king of Israel. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord the king, said one of his officers. But Elijah, the prophet, who is uh, in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went up by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. What a great word. What a great word for someone who's facing a battle even this morning. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots, the fire all around Elijah. In the natural, there was only Elijah and the servant and his vast army. That's what he could see in the natural. But in reality, there were more men with Elijah than with the enemy. Many times we face battles in our own lives. And often it's not the battle that's the problem. It's the fact that we, we feel powerless. We feel weak. We feel like we've got no strength to face the particular battle that we're facing in our lives. And when we feel powerless, we run with fear, we fret, we're intimidated, we feel weak. It's in those times that we need our eyes to be opened so that we can see what God can see, so that we can see that we are not alone. Some of us may be facing a spiritual battle today. And my prayer is that God would open our spiritual eyes so that we would see that we're not alone. That the one that is with us is greater than the one that is with them. That there are more people with us than, than against us in the name of Jesus. And that God is fighting our battles. 1 John 4.4 4 is a great scripture. You dear children are from God and, and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. David, David said to the Philistines, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you, all of you, into our hands. The battle belongs to the Lord, whatever battle you're facing, even this morning. James says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sometimes we need to go into the presence of God, and Lord, I just thank you that your, your word says, uh, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And Lord, I stand against every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. 
I stand against every thought and every idea in the name of Jesus. We need to resist. We need to take authority that is ours in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and take authority and resist every work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. We are involved in a spiritual battle. Can I hear an amen? we're, We're involved in a spiritual battle. We need to understand that. The closer you are to God, the greater that battle is actually going to be. And so we need to learn how to, how to, how to uh, do battle in the spiritual realm. But, but prime, the primary thing we need to understand is that we're not alone. And I want to encourage you, if you're going through a battle this morning, that you would see that God is on your side, that the resources you have at your disposal are eternal and heavenly, and that he has commanded to take care of you, the angels and the Holy Spirit to take care of you. So we pray, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, so that I can see what you can see, Lord God, so that I can see that I'm not alone, so that, so that I can feel that I am not alone and that you are with me fighting this battle. It's a great scripture that I read a few weeks ago, as I can't remember, Matthew or whatever, and um, it's a scripture where God talks about, uh, you know, uh, takes care of the lilies. He dresses the lilies and he takes care of the ravens. Um, and so don't worry because God knows what you need. He already knows what you need. And that phrase kind of caught my attention because I thought, you know, so often we think I need this, I need that, I need the other thing. What I need right now is this and what I need you to do is this and what I need. These are all the things that I need right now. And the Bible says, listen, God takes care of, Jesus was saying, God takes care of the, of, of, of the lilies and he, and he takes care of the rain. Don't you think he knows what you need? And so I said, oh, okay, Lord, uh, Lord, I think I need these things, but Lord, you know what I need. You know what I need to help me overcome this particular situation. Would you help me, Lord God? Would you guide? Lord, would you do something? Because I don't know what else to do, Lord God. He knows what you need. The greatest thing that we can do is just trust Him. All right, Lord, I'm in your hands. I mean, I mean, who, who by worrying can add a single minute to your, to your day? Who by worrying can change the story? No one can. So, Lord, we just surrender to you, Lord God. We surrender to you. Now that kind of sounds, that sounds might sound like a bit of a cop out and that might sound a bit crazy and stupid. But all I know is that when we pray, coincidences happen. Can I hear an amen? All I know is that when we pray, something begins to shift and something begins to change. Lord, open my eyes that I can see what you see. Final time we need our eyes open is when we feel alone. Times in our life where we feel all alone where God seems to be a million miles away. We feel like no one understands, where it feels like we've been abandoned. It's in those times we need our spiritual eyes to be opened. story I want to share is found in Luke chapter 24. story that happened on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. We know the story. Jesus had been arrested, whipped, beaten, crucified. He died. He was buried in a tomb. And all the disciples were, 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 were scattered. They were crushed. Uh, Their dream was over. They were confused. They thought he was the Messiah. They thought Jesus had come to rule together with the disciples. They would take over the Roman Empire. But Jesus is dead. He's in a tomb. On Easter morning, some women go to the tomb and they find the tomb is empty. The angel says, he's not here. He has risen. So they run and tell the disciples who come to the tomb and confirm that Jesus is in fact not there. And two of the disciples start walking back on the road to Emmaus. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears to them, and he starts walking with them. But because they're so down, they don't even recognize Jesus. And, and so we pick up the story in Luke 24, verse 15. 
Here's what it says. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do, and do not know the things that had happened here in the last few days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and, dead, and deed before God and, and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And, that, and, that, and what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. They continue to speak as they walk. Verse 28, uh, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were, going to, he were going on further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Verse 31, and then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he, and he disappeared from their sight. Jesus was with them all the time, but they couldn't see him. They couldn't see him. It wasn't until their eyes were opened that they were able to see that Jesus was actually with them all of the time. And I want you to know that no matter what you're facing, that Jesus is with you. That no matter what your thoughts or feelings are telling you, he is with you. But you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And my prayer this morning is for those who may feel like you're alone, that you feel like um, whatever it is you might facing, you feel like, you, you know, God is a million miles away. My prayer is that our eyes would be open so that we would know that God is with us and that he is walking with us in whatever situation we're facing so that we could believe and understand that God is with us. I think it's one of the greatest things that we can know and understand and experience. I think it's one of the most powerful things that we can uh, understand or get a revelation of is that we're not alone, that God is with us. Um, I think about the times when, um, you know, I pray, but, you know, right now, and I've probably said this before, but, but the thing I enjoy more than anything else is my just time alone with God, when I'm just speaking with God. Uh, it's the time when I feel closest to God, I feel His presence more than anything else. It's the time I cherish more than any other time. It's just spending time with God and just knowing that I'm in His presence. It's where I feel the most secure, it's where I feel loved, accepted. It's where I feel like I can just talk about whatever's on my mind and whatever's on my heart. And I feel like I'm not going to be judged. I, I, it's just being in the presence of God and knowing that He's with me. And as we spend that time in the presence, something shifts, something changes. Something changes. You're not alone. Some of you feel like you're alone. Some of you feel like you're doing life alone just want you to know that you are not alone, that God is with you, and He will see you through. Their eyes were opened, and they could see, and Jesus, for who He really was. Jesus was always with them, but they couldn't see Him until their eyes were opened, and suddenly they could see Jesus. 
greatest thing that can happen in our lives is that our eyes would be open and we could see Jesus. It's like the, you know, the matrix, you got the red pill or the blue pill. I can't remember which is which, but one of them opens your eyes so that you can see what's really happening. And, you know, we can live our life and live it in the natural realm and just live like that and just believe that it's just what we see is, is the real world. But it's not until we give our life to Jesus Christ, open up our hearts to Jesus. The Bible says that we're born again. Suddenly, spiritually, we come alive and so, suddenly our spiritual ears are open, our spiritual eyes are open and suddenly we can see. Now, intuitively, we all know Intuitively, we all know that there's more to life than what we see. We know it. We, 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 deep down, in, you know, when it's just us on our own, thinking about life, we all, we all ask those questions. There's got to be more to this than just, you know, eat, drink, breathe, sleep, pay a mortgage, and live day after day and then die. It's got to be more to life than just that. And deep down in the inside, the Bible says, in Ecclesiastes, that God has placed eternity into our hearts. There's a sense, there's more to this than life, than just this that we see. Well, how can we tap into that? It's really quite simple. We need to invite Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of our life. Then Jesus said, I entered this world to give sight to the blind. In other words, to, to, to those who can't see spiritually so that their eyes would be open and suddenly they could see to show those who think they see they're actually blind they're actually blind one more story comes from the book of Job Job had lost everything lost everything so he wrestles with God questions God where are you what are you doing I'm not going to leave you but I don't understand what you're doing around 30 times the word darkness appears in the book of Job Job 19, verse 8, He has blocked my way so I cannot pass. He has shrouded my paths in darkness. So Job 38, God begins to speak to Job and have this discussion. And, and then there's this beautiful verse, Job 42, verse 5. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. The worst kind of blindness that we can ever experience is spiritual blindness. The greatest sight that we can have, the greatest ability to see that we can have is to be able to see God for who He really is. Job says, my ears had heard of you. I heard all these stories about you, religious stories, but now my eyes have seen you. I wonder, there might be some people here today that maybe you can see with your eyes, but you can't see. Maybe like Job, you're surrounded by darkness lost hope feels like your way ahead is blocked you feel under attack you feel alone pray that Jesus would touch our eyes so that we could see him above all else would you stand with me maybe today you've never ever invited Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life Sometimes I think the Bible makes it too easy. I think, the Bible, I think God should have made it harder to be a Christian. Should have said you've got to pay a certain amount of money, do penance, beat yourself up. People, would have, people might buy into something like that, you know. The Bible says simply this, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. 
It's a gift. It's a present. Uh, you don't work for a present. Otherwise, it's not a gift. It's a, it's a wage. <laughs> a gift is just something that you receive. Salvation is like that. It's a gift. God says, here's a gift for you. Here's a present. Salvation, eternal life. But you've got to receive it. You've got to receive it. Sometimes we can, you know, we can get proud and we can, no, 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 no. All we need to do is receive it. How, how can our spiritual eyes be opened? All we need to do is invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of our life. It's a prayer. It's a simple prayer that goes something like this. Jesus, I want to know you. Forgive me of my sins. Just be the Lord and Savior of my life. I give my life to you. I, re I repent of my sins. I just want to follow after you, Lord God. It's derivative of those kind of words. I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. This is not the words. It's the attitude of the heart. When you pray a simple prayer like that, and you mean it from your heart, the Bible says that we can experience the miracle of salvation. Our eyes are suddenly opened. And we can see. It's just powerful. So I'm going to close off like this, uh, this morning. Um, uh, we're going to close our eyes in just a moment and, and, and I'm just going to pray for you. But maybe something I said today during the sermon means something to you. And what I want us to do is I just want us to put those that feel comfortable to do this, in, not now, in just a, in just a moment. Uh, those that feel comfortable, if there was something in the sermon that really spoke to you or, you know, maybe you want to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life, you know, and, and this is the first time. Hey, what I want you to do is just put your eyes, your hand on your eyes. We're going to pray for our, our physical eyes as a, as, a, as, a, as a type that our physical eyes might be open, but also our emotional and our spiritual eyes. And may, maybe you've lost hope. Come on, I just want you to, I want you to put your, your, your hand on your eyes and say, Lord, would you, would you help me to see things that I can't see? Maybe you feel like your, your, your way ahead is blocked. Would you, would you open doors ahead of me, Lord God? Maybe you're feeling under attack. Oh God, help me to see that I'm not alone. Maybe you feel alone. Help me to see that you're with me, Lord. I pray. So I want every eye closed, every head bowed. Just, it's a very personal thing. Um, and so if, if that's you, you know, I just want you to put your, your hand on your eyes. Don't, you, you only do it if you feel comfortable to do it. And just, just pray that God would open our eyes. To, I just want to, I'm believing, I'm, I'm believing that eyes are going to be open in the name of Jesus. Some of you are facing some situations. You can't see, you can't see. Well, I'm believing this morning that our eyes are going to be open, that something's going to shift and change. I'm believing for it in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm, I'm believing that as we do this, I know it's just physical. I know that it's just a little thing, but, but I, I'm believing that as we do this, something's going to shift in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, by His grace and for His glory. And so, Lord, we pray, open the eyes of our heart, Lord God, because we want to see You. Father, you, you know every individual that's here represented today, situations we're facing, the mountains in our lives, those impossible situations, Lord God. Those issues where we just can't see our way ahead, Lord God. Would you open our eyes today, Lord God, by your Spirit? I thank you that the Spirit of the Lord is here amongst us. And that the reason why you came was to open blind eyes. Let it be so today, I pray. In Jesus' name. Father, those that are uh, opening up their heart to you for the very first time, I pray. Father, that they would see you. 
that this day, Father God, as the Apostle Paul, the scales fell off of his eyes, that the scales of their eyes would fall off, Lord God, and they would come to know you for who you really are. Love you so much, Lord God. Be glorified today. We, we, we come against, Father, uh, the work of the enemy, the blindness of the enemy, Lord God. We come against it in Jesus' name. Set us free to be everything you've called us to be in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen and Amen. Um, as always, if there are people that would like prayer, some of us will be up here. We'd love to pray with you. The rest, God bless you. You have an awesome week. And we'll see you back next week in Jesus' name. Amen.